0: Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at a popular and common workplace and business topic, uh, seeing what the role and relevance of it is, and then exploring what quality of mind has to say about that. Now, if you haven't checked it out already, we've already done a few topics in this uh, series, uh, one around productivity, one around decision-making, and one around leadership. But today, we're going to be having a look at the area of resilience, So first of all, what is resilience? How come it's looked at in organizations? And then we'll get on to what quality of mind has to say about it. So what is resilience? Well, it's probably fair to say that 10-15 years ago, resilience wasn't talked about really in organizations so much. uh, And you probably wouldn't have found so many training courses that uh, organizations would send people on to help them with their resilience. So it's become more popular uh in the last decade or so. Uh and that's probably because organizations have noticed how when people are not resilient it gets in the way of their organizational performance and their own personal well-being. So if they can address that, they'll get uh, more value for the organization and the person themselves will be happier. Uh, and more in balance and therefore they've got a happier employee. So it's a great thing to uh, acknowledge and have an awareness of. Now if we think, well, what is resilience pointing to? Well, resilience is pointing to the fact that in different moments we're in different states of performance and well-being and resourcefulness. And in the sort of conventional thinking around resilience, it would look like that certain things, events, circumstances or even people types sometimes people go that far can affect resilience so it might be that um difficult market circumstances or um you know Brexit or organizational change or a very challenging customer or very demanding work schedule or a long commute or things happening in your home life um can affect someone's ability to perform at their best to, to be in flow to perform to their potential to make great decisions to do all those types of things and there's a period of time where they're off off their game if you like and resilience is sort of their ability to bounce back and to get back to get their mojo back quicker so then an organization would be looking to try and help someone with that and might Uh, send them on a resilience course or have some coaching. And typically, and again, I'm generalizing, typically what would happen in that process in those courses is people would um, be equipped with a new level of awareness to help them see and reframe that as things happen in the outside world and circumstances, they don't need to see it quite as um, in such a, a way that creates anxiety, they could see it with more perspective and fresh eyes. So they might be given some things to help them with their awareness. Of, of particular situations and how they can reframe them they might be given some tools and techniques around uh, creating sort of coping strategies during the day to help them with resilience so that might be something around mindfulness uh, or, or creating some sort of zones in the day where you turn your phone off and you turn your emails off and you you go for a walk or you get um you, you uh, have a drink of water or, or, or whatever it is so people will be equipped maybe with some tools and techniques or some ways to help them be more aware uh, of what their mind is doing uh, when they're not feeling resilient uh, all in an attempt to help them get back to their resilience quicker and For those of you who have been on those courses, it's usually the case that you'll find some of that stuff quite interesting and useful uh, and you might adopt a few of the tools and techniques and some of them you probably find less useful and they probably have a variability in how effective they are for you. Although overall, uh, having some awareness that the mind has a capacity for resilience is probably useful. So from the perspective of... um, an organization trying to get more resilience in, into their staff into their employees, it makes total sense that they would try and to they would try to either reduce the things that creates a, a lack of resilience in the first place or increase someone's uh, ability to deal with things that might create um, a low resilience state. Now, what does quality of mind have to say about all of this? And for those of you who have already been uh, having an explore and playing with some of the uh, principles behind quality of mind, you might have already seen uh, how quality of mind has quite a different view on, on something like resilience because it's one of the first things that people tend to see. Because in quality of mind, um, what we're not doing is equipping people with a psychological toolkit um, to help themselves when they're not feeling uh, in flow and resilient now there 's a reason why we don 't do that, uh, and the reason is is because by equipping someone with some psychological tools, techniques, or awarenesses to help them with um their lack of resilience innocently and invisibly you 're perpetuating the idea that there 's a causal power in the external event circumstance, or even your own uh, makeup and and background, if that's what you think causes your lack of resilience, the fact that you are not a resilient person. So what we're doing with the principles of quality of mind is we're not saying, okay, there are things out there in the the world or, or things in your past that can create a lack of resilience in you, and now you need to pay attention to that and fix it. Now the reason we're not saying that is because we come from a completely different foundation of how we see the mind working. And, and that is, to give you the nutshell uh, now, of course if you want to know more about that then check out some other podcasts, is that anything that any human being is experiencing in any moment doesn't come directly from what we would call the outside world it comes as a creation of mind in the moment and mind in the moment then makes it look like it's coming from the outside world. So the moment-to-moment experience that we live in is what we would call real looking and feeling but it's not true because it 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 is coming from the mind which creates a sense of what we are and a sense of an outside world and then makes it look like it's coming from the outside world. Now, in moments when we spot this, which all of us already do, we have a greater aperture and bandwidth to navigate the world with resourcefulness, flow, connection, intelligence, compassion, understanding, all those things. And in moments when we don't, It's when we're in a low bandwidth, a a low quality of mind, and the world looks really like it's doing it to us, and we become a victim to our circumstances, our minds, and those kinds of things. Now, every single human being has the ability to intuitively recognize that the mind is creating their reality in that moment, and when they do, their resourcefulness comes back online. And and that's what resilience is, really. The resilience is really describing the process whereby the mind intuitively recognizes that it's not the outside world uh, creating the experience. And then when it does, that reality dissolves and a new level of resourcefulness comes in. That's what flow is. So, innocently, by... Pointing people or teaching people that there's an outside world that needs fixing or or you need to be resilient of it and then giving people tools and techniques to deal with that actually gets in the way. It's quite paradoxical that um, a lot of what we're doing to help our resilience can actually get in the way of it. Now, if you want an example of this, the very best place to look is in small children. Now, that those of you as of who have children, uh, you know, will, 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 might, might see this on a day-to-day basis children who are three or four years old. For those of you who don't, j- just go to a supermarket and have a look. But what you'll find is that children who are three or four years old can be having a, a, a lovely time, and very quickly they will get in a, in, a, in a tantrum about something. Maybe it would look like to them they're not allowed something in the in the shop, and then they will they, they will they will throw their toys out the pram, literally or metaphorically. And then what happens, within a matter of moments or minutes, they're okay again. Suddenly that big thing has disappeared from their mind, it doesn't look like it's there anymore, and they're back to being their happy chirpy selves. So they are highly resilient, and they don't actually need to do any tools, techniques, psychological strategies, mindfulness, yoga, green tea, you know, to, to, to make that happen. It's just that their mind is, is much more fertile to opening up again. Now, it might be the case that you think, well, that's all very well for them because they haven't really got any, any, any proper issues to deal with. You know, we'll, we'll wait till they become a, um, an older kid or a teenager or an adult with all, all the woes of the world, uh, and then they'll find it more difficult to be resilient. Well actually, the reason why we find it more difficult to be resilient when we're older isn't because of what the outside world's doing, it's because of what the mind's doing. The mind makes more meaning, more narrative, it grabs onto its experience more, more uh, in, in a more firm way and we don't give ourselves permission to drop that experience like we do when we're a kid. Now, it's not like we have control over this. So please don't think we're saying you can control whether you let go of your tantrum states or not. No, you can't. And if you try and control it, you actually bung the system up even more. It's an intuitive seeing rather than a sense of cognitive or personal control. But what we're pointing to this example of the kids is is that it exists within us. It is innate, is inherent for every single person to experience that ability for the inbuilt design for success which is inside the human system to come back in and to open up our aperture to our resourcefulness. And and actually, in a way, that's what resilience is pointing to, the fact that we are there. But what we're saying in quality of mind is resilience is not something we have to do. It's actually something we are already and the way and and everyone has the capacity and potential of resilience in every moment and it's part of the natural ebb and flow of the mind's creation of our form of psychological experience Now, what gets in the way of that is when we, through our conceptual mind, our our kind of learned personal mind, try and control that and we make meaning of when we should be resilient and when we shouldn't and what we need to do and we make meaning, personal conceptual meaning of different events and the power they have and we attribute our lack of resilience to something outside of ourselves. That may be our thoughts, or it may be an event or circumstance. And that innocent, invisible attributing of our lack of resilience as something is what actually causes the issue. So what we're pointing to is for people to explore and to get curious about the, the, uh, the fact that when you don't do that, you find your resilience works much better. You get out of the ebb into the flow more quickly that doesn't mean you won't have times when you don't feel resilient of course you will that is part of what it is to be human but they will be smaller and less damaging i.e. I, you'll notice them more so you so you won't act on them and you'll come out of them quicker so in a way you'll become more like a 3 year old but you'll become like a 3 year old who also has the benefit of all their learnt knowledge and skills and things so that is what quality of mind is pointing to and for people who have experienced quality of mind that they would you know it's one of the one of the things that they really point to as a benefit of quality of mind how their resilience goes up and actually in a way they actually sometimes don't even notice that because It's the thing that they that would have bothered them isn't bothering anymore, so they don't even think they have got resilience. But that's that's only because (laughs) they didn't notice they didn't need it, if you like. So we find that less things bother us, and for the things that bother us, we find our resilience comes in quicker. So the the takeaway for for this little podcast, if you're curious, is to start to notice how resilience isn't something we can do because it's it's part of the system. And actually, it isn't something we need to do, because when we are not feeling resilient, there's nothing we need to fix or manage in that, because it's part of the ebb and flow of the system. It's it's almost designed to do that. Now, when we try to fix or control or worry about that, or pay attention to that, we innocently bung the system up and then we spend more time not being resilient, which actually creates the vicious circle of we need to fix this. So just explore seeing it a little differently in your own system. And what you'll find is that you'll find your resilience comes back online quicker, but that you will need to get, be okay with the idea of just letting go of some of your control mechanisms or your managing strategies that you might have at the moment so have a play with it see what happens and we'd love to get your feedback on on what you've noticed or if you have any questions please just uh, send us an email or comment after this podcast thanks for listening and until next time have fun being curious